Well, 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 look who I finally got. Hi, I know. Sorry. Uh, it's been so <laughs> she's on a world tour. Listen, I, I heard has been having me do the most right now. So listen, well, first of all, let me say congratulations on your show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I thought about you immediately. Let me tell you something. When I heard the news, I said, first, well, I had a couple of thoughts. First of all, I was like, yes, yes. My second thought was, it's about damn time. <laughs> That's know? what I said. No, thank you. no I this think it was that was in the works for a while, but the pandemic and everything hit. So that kind of pushed things back. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know just being, you know, a sister in this thing, I know how hard the road has been. I know how sometimes it can feel like you're screaming in the dark and then to have such an amazing opportunity to host your own show. Cause I don't know about you. I mean, you know, when you, you, when you've been doing this for a long time, sometimes it feels like this shit ain't gonna never happen. <laughs> I was still. I was told specifically, like, to leave you alone. Like, don't go. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <sighs> you know who told me that? He was like, I do. do not, I do. Yeah. Wait, but you know what? Here's the thing, though. It's so funny. I feel like, well, it's a couple of things. First of all, I like to start off by by telling everyone that the reason I do this. It started out as. Um, just a passion project for me to not just celebrate women during Women's History Month, but really kind of kind of bring it down to where for me it was touchable. It was tangible. It was something that it would give me the opportunity to talk to people that I've known throughout my career, people that I've crossed paths with, people that I think fucking rock. And you were on my list almost immediately between you, Dee Dee McGuire, a couple of other people that I know, you know, Sybil, you know, that you, you've been in this game, you know how difficult it is. And I thought, I, I really want to talk to her. And what's interesting is, although it's been in the works for a long time, I did not hear the news until after I had decided to do this. So then when right. I saw the news break and I saw all the shit that was popping, I was like, oh man, I hope she doesn't think that I'm trying to bring her in to kind of bait her to talk about, you know, the, the elephant in the room. But really it was a celebration, just literally one to woman you know and i don't even look at you that way at all so you know that's fine like it's just been a, a whirlwind for me but i am happy about it um i think that i don't know any woman in our field and who had doesn't have a story you know yes. about just how difficult it's been to even get to, to where we are and i know that's why the show is called way up because i while i feel like i'm way up I also know that I'm still on the way up. And so there's a lot more that I want to be able to accomplish. And even now, like doing a new show is not like all glitz and glamour at all. You know, I'm still having to actually do a lot more myself now, but mm -hmm. it hits different like for you and it's for yourself. So it feels good, but at the same time, it's like exhausting. But no, it's a good exhaustion. It. No, I can imagine. And you know, the other thing too, I wanna just really clear up and, and we don't have to go into great de detail about it, but I, I would feel remiss if I didn't at least tell you how I felt about the controversy. Like for me, 
I, and you and I have had this conversation before. I totally understood. As soon as you said it, first of all, I was so happy that somebody gave life to those words that we feel. But I then I felt instantly irritated that people took it the wrong way because I knew exactly what the sentiment behind it. I knew the feeling. It is not an easy thing to sit in a room being and I knew what you meant when you said the only female, because I'm also in that position where it's not two other people. It's just one person. But still being the only female, it doesn't mean I'm the only one working on the show. But I'm the only one who is visible and out front and every I'm the one with the microphone and I'm the one whose camera, you know, is is always, you know, there's always a camera there or my words are always under a microscope. And so I got it. But I would love to hear from you, not necessarily about that situation, but just in general the complexities that some people kind of brush off as, as just being simply uh, a co-host or one of the hosts, just how difficult it is just being a woman in that position. Yeah, I think what people don't, didn't understand was I'm just talking about in that room. I don't mean in the company. I don't mean that worked on the show, but it's like working in a kitchen, right, at a restaurant. And of course, there's a whole staff that works outside of the kitchen, but in the actual kitchen, you know, that's what it was like. So yes, there's people that are the hosts and the servers and, you know, uh, and they, other people that have a lot to do with it. But as far as conversations that are happening, you know, daily, somebody might not be in there. Their job might be to be in a different room editing because they can't edit while you're on the air. Right. You know, so there's definitely people who had roles, but nobody that had to sit there. And I think if it was the reverse, you know, being the only guy in a room full of women, that I'm sure would be difficult for anybody being the only anything that's representing because sometimes people don't look at things from your point of view. And I'm not saying intentionally people don't do that, but it just is what it is. Yeah. And so to me, but the way I look at it, like, I'd be damned if I let somebody tell me that my experience wasn't my experience. Like that part. I mean, it is what it is. It's what well, happened. Right. I can't no way you're not going to make me say, well, actually I was there and it didn't happen. Like, yeah, well, for know. 12 years. I mean, that's a long time to, you know, and I think unfairly sometimes people think um, because of what they hear and maybe how something is edited, what they see. Sometimes they don't understand that there are breaks in between. And that's really when when real life and the, the real shit hits the fan is in between the breaks. And you still got to somehow pull it together, whether things are great or funny or, or, you know, hot and irritated. You still have to bring it together then so that you can deliver a great show. And it's not always easy. And I think sometimes people don't understand the weight that you carry sometimes when you are the only female and trying to make sure that you keep the train on the tracks. Yeah. And listen, I think that nobody understands it more than me and you and other people in our position, other women in our position. Cause I'm not going to lie. I've had that conversation with so many different women in radio. Like I have to tell you so many is no matter what genre it is, yes. not just black men. Not, I mean, when I tell you it's like, you know, kind of what it is. And so I'm always a long game person. So to me, you know, I'm not like a rash, uh, you know, I'm going to just get up and like, I'm always thinking ahead and trying to figure out like, what is the best way for me to handle this situation? And I'm like that with everything in my life. 
And so I've always known that at some point, even when I started on The Breakfast Club, I always knew at some point I was going to do my own show. That was always the plan for me. And yeah. so I knew that this thing, I mean, who knew if the show was even going to work? I came from having my own show to being on a show, you know, that was part of a trio. And yeah. in my head, after, you know, in the beginning, I and I, I had lip service and I did my podcast. So I always knew at some point I would be doing my own thing again. I just didn't know when it would be. And it's not something that I wasn't vocal about. You know, I have been talking about it at iHeart for quite some time and we're under contract. So I knew when my contract was up, that's when it would be time to figure it out. And initially the idea was for me to stay on The Breakfast Club and start my own show. And it would be like a nighttime show. Maybe it would only be like on the weekends or, you know, three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We were just trying to figure it out. And then it turned out that they said, you know what, let's do this. You know, you don't have to stay on The Breakfast Club. Let's do your own show five days a week from 10 to 2 right after The Breakfast Club. And I was ecstatic about that because I was prepared to have to do both because in my, I, you know, I'm always like, I know what my work ethic is. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to rock it out for both and get myself in a position where my own show does well enough that they're like, okay, let's just let you focus on that. Even if I had to do that for a couple of years, I was prepared to just, you know, buckle down and make it happen. And fortunately, I didn't have to because that would have been so much work. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so interesting how I think most people, when they are on the outside looking in, it looks like it's all glitz and glamour and, you know, you'd really, you know, it's a lot of fun. You're going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, you at all the party, but it's, it's, it's truly a lot of work and you really have to have a passion for it. I think you have to have, um, a sense of security and self-esteem about it. And I think you also have to have that nothing will stop me kind of attitude because, you know, right. and I think you can say this on both sides. I think when you're in a time during which, you know, you're competing with um, the internet and, you know, social media, and you're still trying to get people to rock out on what could be considered archaic, you know, terrestrial radio, you're like, you know, damn. And so, I feel like, you know, it's long overdue. I think it is unfortunate, I will say. And I've, I've just like you, I've had this conversation many times with a lot of different people um, about the difficulties of being um, a female in this industry. And it's 2023 heading into 2024. And you can still count on your fingers, on one hand, the number of women who are leading their own either morning show or afternoon show or who don't have to have a co-host, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I, I, but I will say the thing that I, I really admire about you and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and talk to you really wasn't just about radio. It was just how I've watched you over the years pivot and create other lanes for yourself. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of women that I've seen you know, have not had the ability or really the foresight to think about doing that. And so when I consider, you know, your juice bar and then, you know, you came with the coffee and then you came with the wigs and then you came with the real estate. I was like, yo, Angela, leave us, leave some for me. <laughs> but what made you decide? Was it really because you thought I, I, because honestly, I always thought this is going to sound so terrible, but it is just the truth. And I believe in being honest in this tree of trust. You know, I used to say, I don't want to be in my 50s doing, you know, middays. 
I don't want to be in my 50s right. just being in a local station, you know, racking up speakers and doing remotes and shit. And so I was like, I always have to have an end game. So is that what your thought process was about, you know, creating other avenues for yourself? I think that this is something for me growing up the way that I grew up. I never, ever have wanted to rely on one thing. Mm. And so I never wanted to feel like if God forbid something should happen, because we know also in our business, anything could happen. You know, Ooh. something could go wrong. An advertiser could get mad at you. A person could get mad at you. And next thing you know, bang, you're out of a job. You know, somebody could not like you. It could be layoffs. It could be anything. And so I never wanted to feel like, this is all I can do, man, now I'm stuck. And so I think it's important for any of us to feel like, okay, I'm always financially going to be okay. So I can make decisions that are not based on me having to pay my mortgage. That's yeah. really how I look at it. And so, and it took me a while to get to that mindset. It's not something that I grew up with, but I think what really did it, the confidence that I had after getting my first house um, you know, a two family brownstone and then feeling like, okay, paid off the house, you know, in a few years and then opened a business. And then I think sometimes you just have to do it to experience it, mm. but do it in the smartest way possible. Like opening a business, having a business plan, making sure that you have the support that you need, whether it's a business partner or whether it's, um, you know, hiring the right staff or giving somebody equity that can really be beneficial to you. Somebody who has experience, uh, having a great mentor, any one of those things that can help you make sure that you're prepared for it. Because I also feel like one of my hacks is that even just owning a business makes you more money, even if it's not the actual business itself, right? So it could be that, okay, I have this business. Well, before I even started making money on my business, I was getting booked, you know, to talk about the fact that I have a business. And so mm -hmm. sometimes doing things like that really does attract money. So I would make more money um, from, you know, sponsors, from speaking engagements, from people who would actually pay me to talk about what it took to start a small business. And um, then I was making from my actual business. And so I just think that those are things people have to take into consideration because I'm the type of person who's always trying to figure out how to monetize something. Like I was just in Vegas uh, for National Association of Broadcasters and I'm walking and I'm looking around at night at all the people like barefoot and all the people struggling in their heels. And I'm like, shoot, I walk up and down here and sell flip-flops. Like that's how I, anything <laughs> like, that I look at, I'm like, how can I monetize this? Like, I'm always trying to figure out a way, you know, to make that happen. And that's just kind of like the mindset, uh, you know, that I have. And so it's important to make sure that we never feel stuck because yeah. I think a lot of us do, you know, and there's been periods of my life where I did feel like, okay, I can't leave this situation because if not, I can't pay my bills. And yeah. I, I've lived check to check and I know what that's like and I don't want to have to do that again. It's so funny that, that you talk about how life can be in a particular way and you can feel stuck. I think, um, especially as women, but just most people in general, I think you can go through a period where you can feel stuck. And I think a lot of people from, you know, goodness, I started this doing this shoot in the 90s, like 1990. And I, I look at how, from a different perspective, radio in many ways is set up that it can be very lonely, right? And mm -hmm. so if you don't create other avenues for yourself, you can literally go crazy because 
think about it, right? Logically, step it out. You're in a room by yourself for at least four hours a day, literally talking. I get it. You're talking to thousands or millions of people, but really it's just you, just you and the music. And obviously when it comes to syndication, now it's just you and your thoughts (laughs) and whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like if, cause you're, most people, I mean, do you do it in real time? Maybe not. But the point is, and then when you leave, I think, I don't know about you, but a lot of people that I've spoken to have said the same thing. Sometimes it can be very lonely. You feel like you're on an island by yourself because when you're having these kinds of thoughts of, well, if I don't do this and if I'm no longer a radio personality, what am I? And will will there still be a value assigned to me after having given so much of my life to this? Because we know how it is, you know, sometimes, you know, from back in the day, you, you know, you go do your show, you got to come in an hour or so early to do production. Then you got to stay after to go do an air check session. Then if you have a remote, you know, you're filling the van, you're doing just the whole thing. It could be, you could literally spend more than half the day and have nothing left for yourself when you come home at night. And so if, and then, like you said earlier, you can come back the next day and they done change the format on your ass. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, I mean, I think trying to keep not only the passion, but a system of self-love in place. How, how do right. you find the balance for that? I know what worked for me, but what works for you? Well, it was interesting. I talked to Sharon um, in Detroit, right? And she was telling me, and this was years ago, she was like, girl, take all your vacation days. Because at first I wasn't doing it. I was like, you know, you start feeling like, look, I can't miss a day. That's right. (laughs) And you feel like that. But the truth is you need that, right? You need to make sure that you take your days. You know, now with my new show, it's like super hectic. But I told my producer just last week, I'm like, listen, I need one day a week of you to not book interviews. Like, so that I'm not here until, you know, from eight in the morning until five o'clock. Cause I gotta mm-hmm. do personal things. I, like I wanna go to the dentist and get my teeth clean. Like I can't even do anything ever because those are like the times that I'm at work and there's no space for me outside of that. And sometimes people will really just like pile it on you, pile it on you. And it's okay for you to have to tell them, no, I can't do that. And so I really do make sure that I take charge of my schedule and let them know anything you wanna book for me, run it by me first because we don't know what's going on in my personal life. Um, and, and Sharon told me, she was like, make sure you take time for yourself and take time for your personal life because you dedicate so much time to this. And a lot of people will be like, I don't have time to start a family. I don't have time. And, you know, and I think women have that and not even just in our field, but in general, yeah. right? In order to be successful, you don't have time to get pregnant, time to have a family, time. And people look at you different too. They might say, well, she got a kid. I don't know. Is she going to be able to travel? Is she going to be able to do this? Is she going to be calling out? Is that going to take a priority? And people, you know, you get scared because you're like, there's so many people waiting to take your spot that you feel like I can't make those sacrifices because it's a choice that you make. But you know, and I think that a lot of us are guilty of that. Like, I know a lot of people who are, but it is really up to us, right, to say, okay, and you can't even do that in the beginning. You really can't do that until you have some <laughs> right. leverage. Right? Correct. And, right. But part of having that leverage is, you know, at work, I make sure that with our sales team at work, I'm always like, all right, what do you guys need me to do? You need me to hop on this Zoom. Do you want me to meet these clients, these potential clients? Do I need to do a video? And, um, at the end of the day they really do care about 
like bringing in, you know, the money that really of matters for you. Yeah. <laughs> so bottom line is that when you're valuable in that way, because you know how to work within the system where it's not like I need y'all, but you guys need me too. Yeah. It's a, it's a reciprocal thing, right? So like I said, part of what it is for me is building my brand outside of just being a radio personality so that you bring a lot of value to the table. So it's like, Angela does real estate. Well, we have this situation with, you know, not that this is true, but let's just say Home Depot. And, you know, let's see if we can lock that in because she would be a perfect fit for that. And there's a lot of things that they bring to the table. Like I do Wealth Wednesdays. There's a lot of financial things where they might say, okay, we have an opportunity with this company or, you know, this finance company wants to work on this or this credit card company or this small business um, initiative is happening. And so all of those things, First things first, because I talk to our sales team and because they know me, they know I love going to a Broadway play. But they'll be like, OK, Angela, you know, we have this guest coming on. Do you mind going to see MJ the musical? Yes, absolutely. I would love to do that. And, you know, and so I just try to make sure that I'm invaluable to them. And the other thing that I really do is even outside of work, I feel like I pay attention to what's trending. I pay attention to what our listeners care about. And so that way I can also make sure I'm watching, like if beef is on Netflix and that's the most talked about show right now, I'm going to make sure that I watch that it. And usually, yeah, yeah, usually it's talked about because it is enjoyable. You know, sometimes we don't really feel like it, but you can get into it. And so a lot of times it's actually like, really I'm good. Doing, I've, I've watched, I watched it. It was a really good, good. Really, really good series. And like, love is blind. I probably would not have just watched that on my own, but everyone was talking about it. So I'm like, shoot, let me, you know, get into this. And then it is interesting. And then it does create like great topics for your show, but it's also relatable because people are like, oh yeah, you know, I'm watching that too. I can't wait to hear what she has to say about that. It's just things like that, that really matter because sometimes I feel like people can feel that certain things are like beneath them or, well, I don't care about that. Well, it's really not just about you because what we do is more of like our service to our listeners too, right? So we always want to make sure that we are just like you, but we also have to take it up a notch in doing our research so that we're not giving you like bad information. False information, yeah. So you could right. be like uh, Dominion right now, having to, you know, getting all that money from Fox, but we won't get into that. So let me ask Girl. you this: what's, What isn't that crazy? I was happy about that. I was like, get them, take them for every dollar they got, every one. Yeah, okay, please. I don't want to hear nothing else about alternative facts. Here you go, write the check. Thank you and good night. <laughs> what is the what is the biggest misconception? about Angela Yee? What's the biggest misconception? Um, I think that um, sometimes people think that I, you know, I, like they'll base what other people say and say, oh, Angela didn't say anything, but they don't really know, you know, what happens. And I think um, like there'll be times I look at my timeline and some people will be like, oh, I can't stand Angela. She's such a feminist, which I mean, come on, that's not an insult. To me, that's a compliment. Yes. but. Um, Right. People will say that. But then the next person will be like, Angela doesn't stand up. It's just like, you know, I think it depends on like what you watch, what clips you see, you know, how much you pay attention. Or it'll be something like um, on my new show, we have this segment, Tell Us a Secret. And we post those clips and those clips really go crazy. Right. Because people call in. There's no judgment. And they tell us a secret. And there's been like crazy things that people have said. You know, one guy stole a car and he felt bad. He did it in the 90s and he felt bad and he wanted to like confess. And we're not judging you. So the other day, a woman called in and her husband cheated on her with three guys and she ended up 
you know, getting revenge by sleeping with 20 guys in the course of, uh, yeah. (laughs) How did she fit? I mean, how did she fit that in literally and figuratively? Like, how did she fit that in? Damn, girl. She was was going to parties, so it could have been like orgies or who knows. You know, who knows? But the point of the whole segment is we're not judging you. It's kind of like a confession, you know, where you call in, you're anonymous, you get to just put it out there. We're not going to be like, oh, you're disgusting. You're this, you're that, right? And so I think like people will be like, oh my God, in the comments, Angela left the breakfast club for this. Like you guys, we do Wealth Wednesdays, you know, where we talk about financial empowerment. We've had some amazing interviews. Like, you know, I also did a lot of things like highlighting women entrepreneurs every single day. And it's like, just because you only saw that one clip, you think that's what the whole show is about, but you're not paying attention or doing your research. And I think that's really hard because you're like, guys. My thing is this though. My thing about that is, and I learned this a long time ago, just from living. My thing is, I think that whatever I want to do, leave me the fuck alone. This is what I'm doing. It's working. Okay. (laughs) And the thing that I admire about you, by the way, includes that. I think you are I'm not going to say one of the few women because I don't want to sound disrespectful to other women because I know there's, you know, a plethora of other women out there who are like this. But there is nothing uh, better to me than a very well-rounded person, human being, not just a woman, but human being. But in this particular context, a woman specifically, because I think it's a good thing that you were able to have an intelligent conversation about politics, about wealth, about religion, about money management, about sex, about, you know, whatever your profession is. To me, that makes you a very well-rounded individual. So in my mind, when I see, when I hear or see people say things like, oh my God, I can't believe she's being so raunchy or why would she talk like that? Well, why wouldn't she? Like, I mean, to me, like, if that's your life, you can speak on that, whether you're talking about sex and, you know, or whether you're talking about money, like, I mean, it is what it is. I started to um, go extra hard at making people mad (laughs) because I think it's kind of funny, too. Like when the woman did that, I was like, yes, girl, get it. Like, you know, whatever, because I knew it was going to make people mad. And so like, like. Yeah. So to me, I just, you're right though. Like I'm at a point now where I don't really care. And I, and I think it's really funny when people get mad and I also want certain people to not like me. I'm not trying to be liked by everybody. I think that a good judge of who you are as a person is also who doesn't like you. And there's certain Mm -hmm. people who I'm like, you don't like me good. Cause I would be mad if you did. Yes. Yeah, it's true. But you know what I think it is too. I think first of all, in this country, I think we're very pent up when it comes to sexuality and independence, especially for women. And I think when people see you and they see this baby face and, you know, you know, your voice, and I think people expect you to act like you're 15 years old. I'm like, this is a whole grown ass woman. Like, what are you talking about? You know, or they think if you, you know, you wear certain shoes or you dress a particular way, oh, you shouldn't use such vulgarity. Bitch, I'll use whatever I want to. It's at my disposal. It's my mouth. It's my mind. And so I I just, I love the fact that even through um, criticism, uh, vitriol, even at sometimes that you still continue to forge your own path. I think that's what life is all about because at the end of the day, when you lay down and close your eyes to open them no more, you, you will be known by, you know, how well you lived your life. Did you, did you try to use every inch of your body, like every inch of your being? And so to me, that includes 
you know, my experience, you know, throughout life, which is going to include some things that are going to make you uncomfortable. I'm all right with that. Right. I'm all right with yeah. that. I'm great with that. Me too. I was just I'm reading the other day. Um, making other people uncomfortable. And I'm yes. okay with being uncomfortable myself. That's a word. That's a word right there, being uncomfortable yourself. Because I think, to me, comfort is death. I think when you become comfortable and you sit still and become, uh, you know, sedentary and you don't move, I think that's death. I think you should move and do things that make you so uncomfortable that at times you feel like you're going to lose your breath. And if not, in my opinion, you're not really living. So I always do it. I go toe-to-toe sometimes with DL, and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm going to hold this feet to the fire, and I might be dead too long. I love you for that. And DL is... Like, yes. do not get Jasmine away from me. Listen, I try, I give it my all and he knows it. Sometimes our conversations and arguments spill over outside of the studio. At the end of the day, it's still all love because he respects me. Right. I respect him. But I let him know, okay, just because you talk louder does not mean you're right. Okay? You can right. bring that level down. And, and, and you know what? He shows you that he respects you and he shows us. Yeah. You know, that he and I appreciate well. that. I mean, I, I really mm-hmm. do. But I think, you know, for me, it's it's really about trying to connect with individuals that I think are on the same frequency as I am. And even though you and I really don't talk a lot, we had a great time, I think at a party that you invited me to. And then I feel like I saw you again at some other party. I don't know, but because I'm on the West coast, you're on the East coast, you're super busy. We don't get the opportunity to connect, but I always want you to know that from a distance, I am always and forever cheering you on even though like i said you know we don't really speak often i everything that you post i'm gonna like it and i'm gonna go on girl because i think that's important because i feel like again you know in this industry and i'm sure other industries as well you know you can feel like you're you're all by yourself and i think you're only as strong as the circle that you create around you and i'm always like we have to be more intentional about making sure we hang out and i know like when you're in new york you will hit me up you know, so we have to make sure that we connect more because honestly, like even from the moment I first met you, I was like, I really like her. <laughs> yeah, it's because I love tequila. <laughs> no, but I, I, I honestly, I see, I don't know what you want to do. What is your end goal? Like, what's the end goal for you? What would make Angela Yee happy when she's 65 years old? and living in a penthouse somewhere, what would you like your resume to say? Doesn't mean that that's the end of it, but what would you like to already be on that list? Well, I would like to have multiple places where I can go on vacation that I own. That part, yes. But number two, like, you know, entrepreneurship is really, really important to me, right? But not just having a business for the sake of having a business, but creating successful businesses that create wealth. And so, I want to be able to do that for myself, but I also want to help other people do that because I think, and I've learned this just from people who I've come across and, um, you know, in life is what's important to me is like how people remember me when I'm not here anymore. And I want to make sure that I have like a long lasting impact where people can be like, I ran into her and she told me this and then it helped me start my business or Angela helped provide the capital or she put me in touch with this person who got me a grant or she helped provide this service like that's what I want to do I want to impact people um, in their lives with knowledge and with like really tangible things to help them um, create wealth I think that's amazing I think that takes a selfless individual to consider um, how can I be of service and I'm always trying to to 
be intentional with my connection of people like that. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're right. You can you can do a lot of things for people, but all they're going to remember is how you made them feel. You know, I think Oprah yeah. said that best. And it's and it's absolutely true. I can I can count the number of times that people have done things that made me feel shitty. But I think it is in my mind anyway, I, I, I don't even know the number to put based on people who made me feel a particular way. Like I've crossed a right. lot of people and I feel, you know, one of the things that I hate more than anything is that there is this um, such a negative narrative that black women especially don't get along and that, um, you know, we can't be friends because we're always going to, I'm like, if I hear that one more time, I'm just going to stab myself because it is not true. I think it is something that is intentionally said to keep us apart because we are stronger together. When you look at the fact that black women are the most entrepreneurial, we're the most educated, we are, you know, we make up the top demographic in terms of those who are starting their own businesses and being successful. And I think somewhere in the matrix, we found a way to connect, right? Because I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I haven't ran across some chicks that I thought when I met them in person, they'd be super cool and they weren't. I'm not going to act like uh, that. That's that has happened. Yeah. However, general, <laughs> I would say there's more people that have been amazing than not. Yes. Know? And we don't talk there's about that enough. <laughs> but that's why I want to do woman to woman, because I was like, we don't we don't talk about it enough. And I want people to see more than just the bickering and whatever narrative that they've created that we get along. And when we laugh together, we laugh hard and deep and we love hard and deep. And I ride or die for the chicks that, you know, if I. If you were to, you don't, you're not going to believe this, but I will, I'm not even kidding. If you were to call me, you could be in LA, you could be in New York. And if you were to call me and you hadn't spoken to me and I don't know how long, he's like, yo, jazz, like some shit has gone down. I, I really, 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 could you pull up? I'm there. I mean, flip flops yes. and all. I am there. I'm like, what you need? Just let me know what time. What it, it, is it a bunch of us? Or do I need to come puffed up and make it look like a bunch of us? I got you. No, I am that kind of chick. Out, so I already know you got them hands. <laughs> you better know it. Don't let the curly hair fool you. <laughs> let me tell you something. I, my, my biological family are native New Yorkers. So let me tell you, it's a lot of gruff to me that people... People who cross me wrong be like, yo, I, I stepped to Jasmine because I thought and then I found out I was wrong. <laughs> but, you know, it's all love. I just I really wanted the opportunity to speak with you just about life, to see how you are, to say congratulations that I'm beyond proud and just excited for what the world has for you, just in terms of, you know, I watched what you were doing with the juice bar. You know, I watched the whole situation with the the coffee, is it Uplifts People or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I the, the whole hair thing. And I was like, damn, then you was in Detroit. You was buying up properties. I'm like, I'm going to Detroit. Let me see if I can get some properties. And I, you know, <laughs> every time that I've called you, you may not hit me right back, but you always do. And it's always with such an incredibly warm spirit. And I'm just, I'm really happy for you. I really, truly, to my core, am happy for you. Well, I'm glad we made this happen. And I do want to say, Jasmine, it's very ironic that Women's Women is a song that is not really uplifting, but... <laughs> I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Let me tell you why. Because 
That is how people always remember it. And I think that is where the one of the narratives about us is that we're always at each other's throats over some dude. Hello, Barbara. Right. This is Shirley. I'm like, this ain't even that. This is a different kind. Hello, Barbara. I got tequila on the rocks. What's up? You coming up? It's that kind of thing. I wanted to create that. Yes. <laughs> Girl, record him. But I, I just wanted to show, I wanted to show the world that we love each other, that we we respect each other and we cheer each other on even at moments that we feel like we're all alone. I think it's important to show that. And I think now more than ever, because black women as a demographic nationally and really worldwide, just women of color, I think we're doing amazing things right now. And so what better time than to come together and and show that we are working together to be better. And I think it's a great message to show to, to the, the generation that's coming behind us, the generation of amazing women doing amazing things. I watched what happened in Nashville and I saw those young brothers. I was like, go get them, go get them. And so I think these types of things are important. So I think even in the midst of celebrating you know, things that could be considered superficial that may be here today, gone tomorrow. I think it's important that we show that there is a soul connection, especially amongst women in radio, uh, women just in general. And I feel yes. that commonality with you. I always have. I always have from the moment I met you. <laughs> well, good. Tequila on me. Tequila on you. Okay, so you know I, I've I've recorded that. You understand, right? So you know what this is gonna be when I see you. We're gonna post those pictures and everything. I know that's right, girl. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to me. I really appreciate it. I wish you well. I continue to pray for your success. Way up with Angela Yee. I hope that eventually there is a, a TV show coming. I hope there is a book deal coming. I hope that there are more properties that you are going to be purchasing, both for pleasure and for business. I see in your future you being a mentor, going around and speaking and empowering women and, and providing opportunities. I just see the sky is not the limit. There is no limit for you, Angela. There is no limit. Well, good. We start in this investment group, so I'm going to hit you up. Hit me up. I'm, I'm down. I, I hit you before and I say, yo, let's do some business together. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, okay. in, I'm in. I'm in it to win it. I'll be hitting you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Cheers. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Have an incredible time. And if you ever need me, just call. Woman to woman. All right. And same, same on my part. If you need me, call me too. I'm praying for you as well. Oh, thank you. You got to do it every day. Every day. <laughs> every day, girl. Woo, you already know. I ain't going to even get into it. You know that drama. Woman to woman. Hello, Angela. This is Jasmine. <laughs> All right, All right girl. Love you. Thank you. Love you, girl. Take care, mama. Bye.